Joshua chapter 3 and we may read at verse 13 Joshua 3 13 and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above and they shall stand upon an heap well this is the a account or a good bit of the account of the crossing of uh, Jordan uh, by the gener generation of uh, the children of Israel who were to capture and to settle uh, with God's covenanted help the promised land Canaan now the experience of the church in the Old Testament uh, Paul tells us, uh, for example, in, in so many words, uh, the experiences of the Old Testament church are for the instruction of the church of the New Testament. Well, of course, we're familiar with the ceremonial, the, the priestly ceremonial arrangements of the Old Testament connected with Old Testament worship um, and the ceremonial arrangements provide a, a, a body of uh, rich commentary uh, on the redemption that has been accomplished and is being applied uh, by our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ not only so but the God's dealings uh, in a general way with his people in the Old Testament uh, and these, uh, his dealings with his people remain substantially the same in, in both dispensations of the church. These dealings find illustration in the Old Testament times for the instruction of uh, believers in New Testament times. And uh, great principles can be extracted. Uh, without uh, the help of these great principles uh, our Christian experience our Christian sense of responsibility our Christian sense of privilege will uh, uh, must be uh, impoverished so principles can be extracted now it's another question whether I can't extract them but uh, I'd like with these thoughts in mind to uh, see at least something of what the crossing of the Jordan uh, by Israel at this time has to teach us first of all the general preparation for the crossing now the whole business was uh, of the Lord uh, its uh, planning uh, and its execution uh, uh, was uh, uh, was of the Lord and the fact that it was of the Lord was thrown into uh, relief by that solitary stance of the company of priests with the ark in the, the midst of Jordan <clears throat> and by the fact that it was around this group of priests with the ark that uh, the waters of uh, the Jordan actually uh, parted to let the people through the ark represented uh, the presence of Jehovah uh, with Israel of course 
it, it is true that uh, the crossing took place in, in connection with uh, uh, a great deal of attention to ordinary uh, practical uh, details concerned with getting this uh, great camp uh, underway in proper marching order. Uh, for example, the baggage was humped uh, across, it wasn't flitted uh, miraculously across, uh, the walking involved was uh, ordinary walking. Uh, the orderly transit uh, of Israel was uh, carried out under the normal supervision of the officers who are mentioned in verse 2. So that no miracles were performed unnecessarily uh, by uh, Jehovah. But there was this single great uh, central truth which uh, the children of Israel had to be clear about. That no crossing of the Jordan whatsoever would have taken place by that people without the very special uh, intervention of uh, Jehovah. Now we can draw uh, some running uh, lessons for Christianity. Uh, all effective Christian service is done uh, by the power of Christ our Saviour, putting him and his intercessions at the centre of our life. And Christians require to keep this truth in the, the forefront, not least when they are engaged with uh, a great many day-to-day -day practicalities. That's when Satan can uh, make us most abuse the, 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 the practicalities of life. Uh, when they're, they're heavily upon us, and often they have to be, uh, he can get us to forget the central truth that there's no uh, progress but by the power of God, of Christ. But of course it remains true that uh, in the Christian life, uh, as well as in the life of the Old Testament believer, uh, no miracles, so to say, are performed unnecessarily. It is in the context of a faithfulness to down-to-earth duties that God will use and will bless uh, our Christian service. I mean, there was all that uh, normal uh, care, uh, common sense, prudence, uh, the spies were sent out, they, they weren't given the information by some uh, uh, mysterious means. Uh, the officers, they were genuine, genuine ordinary officers going about the, the, the ranks of the people and the, the, the various distributions of the, of the camp. And, and even the ark itself, uh, it certainly had a mystical reference there, but it was used uh, at a certain fixed distance uh, uh, from the people as a, an ordinary guiding device. You haven't passed this way before, see that you keep the ark uh, a good bit ahead of you so that you'll not lose your way. And there's this point that we might make that the, the great crossing of the Jordan by the, the fourth putting of the, uh, the Lord's uh, wonder-working power was to give Israel confidence for the future. Hereby you shall know that he will without fail drive out the Canaanites, uh, well, all these Hittites and Hivites and uh, Perizzites and so on. Uh, th their confidence was to, 
to, for the battle campaign ahead of them was to rest solidly uh, upon the God who was helping them now. And Christians are to remember, surely, that um, the future doesn't depend uh, at all uh, upon them, but upon God, upon God's care exclusively. And each successive, uh, specially impressive uh, experience of God's grace, and, and, and there are a lot of them in every Christian's life, uh, each of these specially impressive experiences are meant to, to buttress this thought that the, the future is entirely in God's hand. Your heavenly Father, says Jesus, knoweth that you will that knoweth that ye have need of these things. The morrow will take care of the things for itself, of itself, but the morrow will not take care of the things of itself in any along any fatalistic lines. It's only under the, the loving care and provision of the heavenly Father. And and the more we have the more of these special uh, experiences of his grace we have, the more convinced we will be of that truth. We should notice in, in, in the way that, uh, the, the, that there's emphasis laid uh, upon the, the place that the word of God had in the significant progress of the Lord's people. You find the officers with instructions from Joshua, who had his instructions from God, going and commanding the people uh, remove from your place and go after the ark and then later on uh, hear the words of the Lord your God the, the crossing of uh, this flooded Jordan and, and none of the Israelites would have wanted to face it uh, if they'd been left to their own choice they would have waited till the harvest was passed and the floods went down or they would have gone round some other way if they could uh, the, the crossing of the flooded Jordan uh, and this which led them on into a, a, a battle campaign about whose grimness they were left in no doubt at all uh, that was done under the, the prompting of the word of God and in the, in the Christian life surely it's the word that prompts to action and as in the case of Israel it's a word that maintains confidence in a victorious outcome hear the word of the Lord your God hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you uh, we might notice in passing again that uh, the officers uh, made sure that all the people knew they went in and out among the people uh, that is to say, the word of God had actually to reach the people. No man was to uh, sort of trickle across the river because he happened to see his neighbour lifting his tent and, and he thought it would be a good idea to follow. And, and the Lord doesn't want Christians who kind of trickle through their, their day's work because somebody else happens to do something or they read about a good man that lived long ago and they would like to be like him. Christians must have the inner prompting of the whole of the of the word of God by the Spirit and for this they need actually to know the word of God so there's an underlining here by implication of the need of Bible study of, of a careful a doctrinal teaching and preaching and just as careful observance of what is said that is a, a prime secret of a Christian progress then there's this point uh, before we take up the second 
uh, mean thought that the Israelites were not allowed to forget that they were going forward to battle against powerful enemies to, to, to battle to be battling against powerful enemies uh, was something that uh, they were told about that, that, that it was something that, that they were having to prepare themselves for all the time uh, nobody tried to hide from them that there were giants in Canaan nobody tried to hide from them that uh, there were fenced cities but God had said that uh, they would uh, overcome these they were not allowed in any case to forget that they were going forward to battle now Christians uh, are not allowed by the word of God whether in the Old Testament it comes to them uh, or in the New Testament they're not allowed to forget that they are fighting a battle they're fighting not against flesh and blood they're fighting against principalities and powers I mean we can't talk about fighting yes we, we are fighting but uh, perhaps uh, it's too easy to forget uh, again because of the ordinary things and ordinary people around us uh, that we are fighting against principalities and powers against great enemies now if the children of Israel prepared for great enemies through what the word of God said to them uh, then Christians too by the same word of God should prepare each day for fighting with great enemies Christians are therefore to adopt a fighting attitude isn't, isn't this necessary friends that we should be reminded of this from the word of God isn't it, isn't it uh, so easy to become uh, complacent uh, even when we know that uh, we have Christian service to do to become uh, uh, apathetic or, or merely negative well the truth is that we don't win uh, one inch of Canaan's land but by battling in the Lord's name and so as we were uh, praying earlier it is battle conscious Christians that we need uh, in every day and, and I should think today as much as any other day battle conscious Christians now could we look in the second place at the evangelical character of the crossing you had the, the ark of the covenant of the Lord at the center of things the ark uh, representing God the priests representing the people before God the ark of course incorporated a divinely established mercy seat and on that uh, uh, on the arrangements for atonement around that mercy seat all the hopes of Israel were built and they weren't allowed to forget this because they, they were constantly surrounded by priestly activity Christians they have a better sacrifices they have a better priesthood that they have a, to consider the, the question of atonement all the time this man ha, Jesus has offered up one sacrifice for sins forever says the writer to the Hebrews and the Christians hopes are built on this it's the, the hope set before them which is a, as an anchor entering into that within the veil 
where the forerunner has entered. The Ark of the Everlasting Covenant. And it's good when we are thinking of the duty set before us uh, to remember how sinful and weak we are and against that to remember how we have an everlasting priest. Uh, our sins, uh, our constant sins and, and failures and, and weaknesses and infirmities uh, as, as believers uh, our enforced sense of helplessness that, that constantly appalls the, 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 the sensitive Christian ah, it's, a, it's a good thing it's a good thing to in an evangelical context to be appalled by our unworthiness and our helplessness because then if we're, if we're conscious of these things we'll be far more likely to make a fitting and proper use of uh, Christ's high priestly intercession well uh, we constantly change and are unfaithful uh, but the arrangements for the, the, pardon, the, the, the pardon of our sins the arrangements for the helping of our infirmities they haven't altered so it is the it is the Ark of the Everlasting Covenant, the, the, the everlasting high priestly intercession of Christ uh, that is our hope. And that uh, thought, of course, uh, the, 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 the exclusiveness of uh, Christ, our great and eternal high priest, would be underlined by the fact that uh, the rod that budded uh, was uh, within the Ark of the Covenant. You remember that uh, God in this way had uh, uh, brought out the uh, exclusiveness uh, of uh, Aaron the high priest against others who had uh, presumed functions that didn't belong to them. They had, they had perished and, and uh, many thousands of their devotees perished with them. But Aaron was established conspicuously by God as the exclusive high priest and the safe and, and the helpful course uh, for the Christian is to cast in his lot with the New Testament Aaron then there's we could mention the tables with the ten commandments in the ark in this connection that uh, only a little after this uh, the, the, the question of, of um, uh, God's blessing only an obedient Israel came to a head in the instance of uh, Achan who had uh, disobeyed flagrantly the commandment of God and the whole campaign at Ai came unstuck around Achan's disobedience so the, the Christian is reminded by this thought that at the center of the promise of blessing and help there is this demand for a obedience to God the pot that had manna of course each of these I'm certain could take two or three sermons in their own account but we would be an, an a scriptural I think not to refer to them uh, the ark had, had significance not only for itself as a structure but for what to happen around it and what was contained inside it and the, the pot that had manna was the, the, the place
pledge of God's faithfulness to support his people. Manna had been provided in the wilderness of all places for the people of God. And it was an each and every day provision. That was a miracle uh, as great as the manna itself. That there, there was this unending supply all the journey through for the children of Israel. And Paul says to the, the believer who uh, serves the Lord, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, in a way commensurate with his resources in Christ Jesus. Then there's this thought, that the ark that led them across, the, uh, within the company of the priests, the ark that led them across uh, the, the Jordan, that prepared a way for them in the Jordan, was said to be the ark of the God of all the earth. And Christians need to remember that as they are called to Christian service, it's not a thing insulated within the four walls of a hall or a church. It's something that's uh, uh, very uh, mystical and that may have very little effect on, on the world as a whole. Uh, Christians are apt to get this feeling sometimes, and it's a very depressing feeling. Uh, even when you see many people not going to church on Sunday and a few, there's a few people going to your church, relatively speaking, uh, you can get this feeling that, that you, you're, you're in a kind of island and, and uh, uh, there's sort of no connection. God announced something here that, that was to get the children of Israel over the, this feeling, the temptation to feel like this. God is sovereign over the earth. He's sovereign over all events and all people. And, and we Christians were going out uh, in service uh, to uh, out into the future, a future that God has control of. He goes before you, uh, said uh, Joshua. You remember Elijah's test of uh, whether Jehovah was the God. It was the most practical I mean, there was wonder working in it. And yet, it was a test that, that, that the merest child could examine for himself and approve. A practical test. And God wants to remind us that he is the, the effective ruler of men and affairs. The God that asks you and me to go and witness in the world, he, he wants us to get rid of this feeling that we are in an island, that, that uh, there's no connection with the world outside. It's the God of all the earth that we are called upon to serve. The God that works. The God that uh, demonstrates to his people and to the world around them that he is their God. Now, the third main point is, is this. Uh, just a few conspicuous features of the crossing itself. Now, the, the Jordan uh, was at its uh, flood level uh, all the time of harvest. And people might ask, people probably were asking, why now? Why did God, why did Jehovah arrange to bring us here now? He could have done it at some other time. Surely, of course, he could, but he didn't. And he had good reasons 
for not doing it. Uh, bringing them, that is to say, at uh, a low level time. Now there's hardly, I suggest friends, there's hardly a Christian day without some such feature in it. You know, the high level Jordan uh, feature in it. I mean there's lots of difficulties in, in our daily lives as Christians. Uh, annoying things, irritating things, things that can spark off our anger or uh, anything like that. But there are, in most days at least, there are, there are things represented by Jordan at high flood. Now, one thing we can see from the explicit teaching of the chapter is that this crossing was to be outstandingly, this particular crossing at, at flood level time, was to be outstandingly an instructive crossing. Hereby ye shall know that the Lord is in the midst of you, and that he's going before you. And the people were being asked to to adjust their minds to the, the, the Lord's working in ways that they didn't expect. Uh, that, of course, is something that we have, uh, as Christians, to have adjust our, uh, adjust our minds to. Uh, you know, when you're in the middle of a busy day uh, and, and somebody comes, just that when you're at your busiest and your irritation is mounting, uh, you're obviously meant to deal with that person in a Christian way. The person would have, wouldn't have come if the Lord hadn't led him there at that exact time. Uh, and surely the Lord means us to face these situations as Christians and prove, well, maybe in a very modest way compared to this, that he is a wonder-working God, that he can give us to cope with these things and, and, and use us in, a, in an, an expected way to forward his kingdom, or maybe, maybe more often than not, the other person is somebody who can help us. He's, he's a wonder-working God. Now that's a very easy cliche, but it is true of God and of his ways. It, it's his way to bring his people to Jordan, which is flooded at all the time of harvest. We can think of, of Paul's teaching, if we want to follow this out, eh, about his multiple afflictions. Uh, when he was writing uh, in the second epistle to the Corinthians uh, he was talking about his much patience and his afflictions and his necessities and when you read through the list uh, it's uh, overwhelming and he doesn't spare them he, he tells them very explicitly and in anybody else but Paul you would say this fellow is trying to shoot a line but you can't say that about Paul I mean he wasn't that kind of man and he was writing as an apostle uh, but it, it's, it's an overwhelming list of, of afflictions. And he says that the, the, the reason he went through all that was that he might approve himself as the minister of God. You know, later on he says, uh, we, we are chastened and not killed. Now, of course, troubles will come to us in any case because uh, man is born to travel we are heirs to travel we can't escape them unless we went out of this world which we can't not till God's time comes but then for the Christian as well as the, the troubles as a general allotment there are the troubles that arise well if he's an honorable Christian from persecution or persecution in some degree or another 
if he's a, 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 an industrious Christian, a conscientious Christian, there will be the troubles arriving, arising from uh, his labors. Paul very specially mentioned labors in his service for the Lord. His, his uh, labors and privations, uh, which are unavoidable in, in, in properly furthering uh, the gospel. He talks about chastisements. Now, even the Apostle Paul needed the fatherly correction of uh, God, uh, like all Christians. Uh, and uh, some of the, the troubles that come to the Christian have very specific reference uh, to correction. Uh, and no doubt we could say that all of his troubles will have benefits uh, in that way. But, but yet Paul talks about his troubles by and large as being necessary to prove and demonstrate his ministry uh, his, the quality of his discipleship and it's, it, it, there's something of this in the life of all Christians the troubles come uh, and they come that there may be demonstrated in your life and mine that the power and the love and the faithfulness of God in bringing his people through trials and, and so that we'll commend the gospel to others uh, through uh, the character that is forged pa Paul was talking about uh, he was talking that it, about it being necessary that the ministry should not be blamed and he was referring to the, the character of those who represented the gospel and then he went on to talk about being approved as a, as a minister who was worthy of the gospel eh, through his tribulations. So that eh, if we're going to be Christians of any use at all, it will have to be eh, an experience of the grace of God bringing us through trouble that will approve us as eh, eh, having a character that's, that commends the gospel and corresponds to the gospel. Then there's uh, another purpose in view, uh, not only were the Israelites themselves to uh, realize that God was in their midst, but they had a story to tell to their children. Uh, those men were to carry the stones and set the stones up in the, in the middle of the, uh, this, uh, the, the, in the place where the priests had stood. And then the children would ask, well, what mean these stones? And they were to reply, look, the Lord, eh, the Lord eh, brought us across eh, the river Jordan uh, uh, and dried up the waters of the Jordan. Now, a story, you know, you can tell your children about the Lord, eh, but a story of that kind gathers conviction and it gathers vigor and it gathers realism when the man or the woman can speak out of experience you know you tell it differently when you're talking about something that's happened to yourself if you're if you're virtually giving your testimony it's got power behind it because uh, nobody can can rob you of that experience and and here was a story that had their own personal experience uh, behind it and no professing Christian can, can expect to teach his child uh, really and truly without a, a, a genuine experience of the Lord's great, uh, grace and help often in a wonderful way. It doesn't ring true without that. So we need to have the troubles 
if we're going to be able to teach the next generation what the Lord has meant to us in trouble. I mean, grace has no meaning. Uh, grace has no meaning except it, with reference to our plight. The, the crossing of the Jordan, I, again, was to be the, the prelude to the whole campaign of victory. Not that uh, will, could bring to mind the, the, the hymn writer's words, each victory will help you some other to win. Yes, but how? How, how does each victory help us some other to win? Well, here you've got the doctrine virtually stated. Uh, hereby, by this victory, by this success, with my presence, ye shall know that I'm in the midst of you, and that uh, I will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, etc., etc., etc. So the way that each victory helps a believer, some other to win, is that uh, he, he, he has, he is convinced of the, of the Lord's presence and experience, and he has the Lord's stated assurance that he will be with him, not only in six troubles, but in seven. <coughs> now, by faith, we are told in uh, Hebrews, a minister feels very frustrated when he goes to Hebrews chapter 11, uh, thinking that he's going to get a reference to uh, the events of uh, Joshua chapter 3 under uh, the records of the heroes of the faith, and he doesn't find it. He finds uh, the crossing of the Red Sea, and he finds the taking of uh, 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 the taking of Jericho. By faith, Israel passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, and the walls of Jericho fell down flat after they were encompassed about seven days. But of course. Uh, the Jordan crossing was part of the one story, part of uh, the series of activities of faith uh, leading to the settlement of Canaan. Now, one outstanding point which uh, uh, I wanted to, well, to treat as outstanding is this, that the Red Sea lay as uh, unnegotiable for this huge company of people as usual when they came to it. The, in the case of the Jordan, the, the, the roaring floodwaters were roaring as usual all the time of harvest. In the case of Jericho's walls, not a, a trickle of masonry it fell until the prescribed journeys on the seven days had been completed. And here what was required was an obedient entry right into the impossible situation by faith. And there would be no opening of the way until this was done. And then, not before it, God proved himself uh, faithful. Sometimes, of course, it's true, the Lord does give encouraging uh, previous indications uh, that he will help us in a difficult situation. I mean, when, when Simon Peter found through the angelic visit that the chains fell off from his arms he, he, was, uh, he wasn't a bit surprised well he was surprised to an extent but not so surprised when he discovered that successive doors opened leading out to the street so of course it is in the case that uh, there are no circumstances where God doesn't give us advance uh, encouragement so that we'll go on and carry on with what he's asking us to do but very often there are, there are no such encouraging uh, circumstances. And what is required is the obedience of faith. 
whether it's in for example missionary evangelism or our Christian teaching of our children do we expect that the little boy is going to a sort of develop a halo as we begin to teach him that will we'll, we'll we'll be able to regard him as a child of promise by some kind of external signs this is not the way the Lord wants us to do it we've got to whatever he looks like however he behaves whether he's got a halo or not so to say we've got to teach him start off at the, the practical level without without any promise of special encouragement and so it is with all the church's work uh, the efforts of Christians in the world of affairs, I mean people who sit in committees uh, people who um, Christians who try to bring their Christianity to bear on uh, worldly councils, they've got a fearful job you know, perhaps sitting back in our armchairs we're looking at the television uh, uh, running about and uh, to and fro of uh, MPs uh, we might be inclined to think that we could do better than some of them well maybe we could, maybe we couldn't but uh, as far as Christian MPs are concerned or, or men in local government it's, it, they've got a terrific job to bring their Christianity to bear effectively upon uh, their fellow men who may not be inclined that way and, and you know it would be nice if, if your fellow councillor opposite you who was uh, perhaps an atheist and doing atheistic things constantly throughout the history of the council if someday he suddenly began to smile and encourage you in what you were going to say but it's very often not like this you've got to get down to the, the hard graft of doing the righteous thing without any external encouragements and the Lord will bless you not usually not before but after you have done the right thing and we've got to carry this principle into the whole of our life. We must get into the habit of not waiting for propitious signs. The Lord may give them, but usually he won't before we do what we're required to do. And, and some of the best Christian work is done in exactly these circumstances. Uh, nothing outward to encourage. Only the reverse. Threatening things, dismaying things. Uh, except to the eye of faith and the Christian uh, with the eye of faith of course you will see the, uh, the the difficulties as being so much material for God to make a victorious way through well these are some of the things that uh, this uh, crossing the story of the crossing of the Jordan by Israel um, teaches us the last thing that I would say um, would be this that there after the priests went into the Jordan into the middle of the river they stood there and they stood there until the whole operation uh, was completed when they went into the water and not before it the water parted and after they came up out of the water the water came together again now I think that here we have fair undergirding for that um, well-known expression that evangelicals sometimes use you've got to pray it through or you've got to pray him through now you might think maybe that there was dubious theology attached to that well maybe sometimes there is but it's a perfectly sound biblical idea that a lot of things
we don't continue if we think of the priests there uh, pointing the way to the intercessions of the Christian uh, a lot of things we don't get done properly let's put it that way because we don't intercede all the way through we don't remain in the stance of intercessors you begin to pray for somebody in the congregation and they listen to you maybe for a few weeks six months a year you get opportunities for tracks you get grand conversations and then you say to your friend one day eh, you know eh, the thing is is getting pretty uh, pretty gummy I, I can't seem able to get through to this person now I won't even accept the conversation well th there, are, there may be two answers to that you may say uh, well that's just the, the way the Lord wants things to turn out on the other hand it may be due entirely to the fact that you haven't prayed the situation through you didn't stay in the place of intercession until the operation was completed said James uh, in his epistle ye have not because ye ask not now I wonder if in our lives there are not things of that kind we have failed to stay we've, we've, uh, we've undertaken plenty of activity but we have failed to stay the course with intercession we came up out of the water before the whole column was across we didn't pray the situation through I'm sure that uh, we must have circumstances in our own lives however uh, good at praying we may be however effective under God as intercessors situations where we have not stood as intercessors till the whole operation was completed may God bless to us uh, our meditation on his word let us pray O oh God, we pray thee to seal the instruction of thy truth upon our minds and hearts. We thank thee for the heavenly intercession of Christ, and that uh, thy people under his uh, presidency and under the ministry of his spirit are expected to go and serve uh, however difficult the surrounding environment. We bless thee that his intercessions are there carried on that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in every time of need we pray the Lord that we may uh, not depend upon events turning out in such a way that there will be propitious signs attached to all our Christian duties uh, or even to the most of our Christian duties we pray the Lord that we may uh, know that sometimes thou dost require the sheer obedience of faith uh, response obediently to what the word has said uh, and with the promise in due season ye shall reap if ye faint not Lord there are plenty of things to make us faint but may we not fail uh, at our task and may we be quite happy to accept tasks where there are no external encouragements at the time as with the children of Israel crossing the Jordan and we bless you that each victory uh, will help us uh, some other to win seal the whole instruction of thy word upon mind and conscience and life we ask it in Jesus name and for his sake Amen